How many of you have seen this much talked about movie on Netflix, Squid Game? How many of you have seen the Squid Game? At least I have one. Any other person? Oh, yeah. So, Squid Game is a South Korean drama series released on Netflix on the 17th of Sep September this year, 2021. And this movie cost about uh, $21.4 million for the budget. It's the most talk about, you know, the biggest series that Netflix has ever produced. And as of October, about 111 million persons have watched this movie. 111 million persons have seen it. And what is this Squid Game all about? It is about 456 persons, individuals, who have messed up, you know, who are messed up in various ways of their lives and who were in a huge financial debt, huge financial mess. And so they were given anonymous invitation to an isolated island. And also they were offered a lifeline opportunity, a playing children's game, so they can win so much money for themselves. And the prize money for the winner is about uh, $38.6 million. But the thing is this, only one person out of the 456 we win the prize money. The others, or losers, had to pay the ultimate prize, which is giving their lives. They will die. And what is most interesting about this is when these 456 persons have been made aware of the ultimate prize to pay, they accepted to play the game so it means they killed each other. They betrayed one another. They even set up plans for each one to fail so that only one person will win this ultimate prize. So it is about this huge amount of money. And as we hear often, the love of money is the root of most of the evil in our time and society. And many of us, following it, have lost their lives, even spiritually and physically, or mentally, or otherwise. So Squid Game is about the survival of the fittest. It is about the mistrust of others. It is about man's inhumanity to each other. It is about also lack of respect to human life. So the most disturbing and alarming thing about it, which many people are agitating that children should not say, which unfortunately it is also the game of life every day in our society, is all of these things that I've mentioned. The disregard for life, mass inhumanity, mistrust of others. So we are also caught up in this game of life, just like we see in the squid game. That survival instinct in us to succeed, to be promoted, to make it in life, 
even when it means to trample on others, is what we see in this Squid Game. But against the survival instinct that we find in Squid Game is the instinct of total self-giving that we find in today's reading. Two women, two widows, who offer themselves totally for the good of others without counting the cost. In the first reading from the book of the Kings, 17, we heard about the Zarephite widow who had nothing left except the last meal she had to share with her son. But we also see in her the total trust and faith in God, that God will always provide. If you read the book of Genesis chapter 22, God will always provide. The Genesis 22 is about the Abrahamic sacrifice when Abraham did not know where the lamb or what to use for the sacrifice. The angel told him, God will always provide. So this woman, out of that faith, gave the last meal to the prophet with the faith that God will provide. And like the prophet told him, do not be afraid. The jar of flour, of meal, will not be empty, and the jug of oil will never dry. The rest we know, and this woman, you know, was rewarded and replenished for her faith in God. The prophecy of Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1 to 3, tells us the same. Be not afraid. I have called you by my name. If you are to go through the waters of life, the rivers will not overwhelm you. Even if we are to go through fire, we will not be consumed. That is the promise of God himself. And the promises of God, as we know, is yes and amen. It does not change. The psalm for this man says in verse, the first stanza, he keeps faith forever. The shortest psalm, Psalm 117. The steadfastness of the Lord endures forever. It stays forever. That is why Paul, in his second letter to Corinthians, says that the promises of the Lord are yes and amen. So he keeps faith forever. And that is why our souls are here to praise him for his faithfulness endures forever. He continues to give us the gift of himself, the perfect gift we can ever imagine. The same in the gospel we hear of this widow who gave everything she had, the last two coins. That gospel can be looked at in two ways, but today we want to just look at one. The first one you might want to know is um, how the society then, and even the society now, expecting this poor widow who had nothing to still be contributing to the upkeep of the temple. Jerusalem, as we know at that time, is a famous city and the center of economic gathering. So they had much more than they needed from this poor widow. But as you heard, the scribes and the scholars of the law, they sit and they want to be greeted, so they're so greedy to take everything from the poor widows and the orphans. In the same way, our society is constructed and structured in a way that those who do not even have, the little they have is taken away from them to enrich some particular group of people. And it's quite unfortunate. 
But that is not what we are discussing. We are looking at the selflessness of this poor widow who put in her last two coins. The same faith that God will always provide for her. The scripture did not go on to mention the reward she received. But of course we know if the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever, then she received her reward. We have been given so many gifts in life. St. Paul will say in his first letter to Corinthians, chapter 4, what have you that you did not receive? And James will say, all good gifts around us, they are sent from heaven above. And for that, we praise the Lord with our whole souls. So what Mark is doing today is a continuation of the last Sunday, the Shema, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. That is, to love him with everything you have. That is why Jesus praised this woman, because others gave quantitatively from their surplus, but this woman qualitatively gave everything that is out of love. So it's not so much about the how much we put in, but the love, the heart with which we give. And for that, this woman was so much praised for the love she expressed to put in everything. We gather today before the Lord, first of all, to recognize the perfect gift of Christ himself. In the second reading, Christ who gave everything there on the cross for your sake and for my sake. The psalm again picks up. He gives justice to those who are oppressed. He gives food to those who are hungry. He protects the orphans and widows, the Lord who set prisoners free. So God always provides for us in Christ Jesus. We gather today to give him thanks for the gift of himself, but also to reflect on the ways he is calling us like these two women to give of ourselves to others. What is my two coins? What is my jar of oil and my jug of meal, of flour? What can I offer him? The perfect offering we have and we can offer, the gift of Christ himself. On the other side, we gather every Sunday or anywhere, and like announced, there will be second collections and also offerings that we bring to the church. When we gather to bring our offerings here before the Lord, we bring in all our labors, all our effort, all our gift, our talent, time, and energy. That is what we are bringing to be consecrated before the Lord, so that a humbled, contrite heart that is offering the sweat of my labor, the hours that I put in at work, is what the Lord is taking up. So I am giving him back what he has given to me. So that I am participating actively in the sacrifice of Christ himself. That is one. The second one is the gift of myself. How do I share it with others? I'm just going to summarize it with three T's. The gift of time the gift of talent, and the gift of treasure. We live in a time that many people, all of us, we are so busy 
to set out time to think about some of our brothers and sisters who might be going through hard times. You hear every day about the statistic of people who are suffering from mental illness. And most of these mental illness are, you can use what in psychology we call predictors. And predictors has to do with when people are going through depression, anxiety, and stress of life. So how much time do I set out to check on other people, family members, relatives, or even anyone who lives in my neighborhood? That is the gift of my time that I can offer. Do I need to tell you to also research the number of suicide going on? But our time and ourselves, we can reach out to these brothers and sisters who are going through life trials and challenges. The same applies to the gift of talent that we have. So we can use it to build the community and the world. And of course, the gift of treasure. We have so many uh, charities here in the parish and also in the diocese and anywhere that we can contribute with the gift of our treasure so we can make the world a whole new place. As we come before the Lord today, we open up our hearts and ask him, thanking him for the gift we have received and asking him also for the gift more so we can share with others. In that way, we are putting in our last two coins, the jug of oil and the jar of flour will never be finished. May God bless his words in our hearts always, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.